in. Greetings. Welcome to a special part one of our annual perennial, depending on which grammar you believe in, year ender that we do each and every year. It is the year end Dace Group Roundtable. For the next two hours, we will go through the year that was, not the week that was, as we typically do on a Friday, but the year that was 2023. Yes, it has come to an end already, mercifully. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, who are the special guest Dace Group panelists this year. We have not one, but two lovely ladies here with us. Former Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage is here, who clearly had Martha Stewart move into her home. All right. And somehow we suckered her into returning again uh, to the program. It is good to see you again, Jill. How are you? It is great to be here, Steve. Very excited for this. Uh, I can promise you there will be no proposals. No proposal. That is true. That is true. Sarah is already spoken for our colleague here from the News and Why It Matters. Sarah Gonzalez is here with us as well. And she's just at her plain lovely home. Sarah, how are you? I am. I am great. <laughs> and I am, you know, tis the season. I have, I'm sorry, not Christmas decorations, but football decorations behind me. I have my eggnog right here ready to go. And I will let you decide if it's alcohol free. I am sure it is five o'clock somewhere at the time that we are recording this. Yes. Now, this year, this year we have a special announcement about the roundtable, and I have not I've not informed Todd and Aaron about this either. All right. I will tell you about that here first after I tell you about our partner for hour one of the Day Group Roundtable. It is First Cup Coffee Company. There is a flavor they have. For every freedom-loving American, it's not just a company that shares your values as a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company, but it's one that, according to Aaron and many of you, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I defer to Aaron and those of you in the audience that are, make some pretty hella coffee as well. What was the flavor that you tried, Aaron? Remind me. I did the Boston Common. That was my favorite one. That was uh, incredible. I'm more of a dark roast guy, and it's very, very good. It is shipped to you within days of being roasted. They even put the roast date on each and every bag. Just go to firstcup.com use the code dace my last name to save an additional 10 percent off your order when you do that is promo code dace 10 percent off and if you subscribe an additional 10 percent off for the life of your subscription as well promo code dace at firstcup.com so this year i have introduced a new element into the roundtable all right who You're has it, right? what's that? You're wearing it, right? Uh, kind of. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, who I think has accumulated the best year end answers by the time we get done with this is going to win a major award, a major award. Can you see that there? <laughs> going to win a major award. All right. Fragile. Going to win a major award. If you if I think you have the best answers at the end of this program. And yes. I am eligible to win because I'm one of the contestants. And if I don't win, we're just going to keep counting ballots until I do. All right. All right. Are we ready to go? Look at the polls. Look at the polls. Are we ready to go? Yes. All right. Let us begin with the day group year end awards. We'll start with the ladies. Jill, you're up first. Biggest winner of the year. 
uh, Zelensky, because even though he didn't buy that $20 million mansion in Florida, uh, he could, right? He has enough money now. Maybe it'll just be an island next time. Why is Zelensky the biggest winner? Because I want to be able to ask for billions of dollars repeatedly and get it every single time. This shows you dream big, kids. All you have to do is sell out completely. How about him having the chutzpah and the cojones to go on national TV and tell us to give him all his money and this time don't cry? I mean, that is wow. Sarah Gonzalez. Yeah, I was going to say Ukraine as well, but I'm going to go ahead and pivot uh, since Jill already shared that, which is completely right. But I'm going to pivot and I'm going to say the illegal immigrant coming into this country oh, because gosh. they come here, they get fist bumped, they get a handout, they get the DOJ fighting on their behalf to remove the barriers that Texas has. So they're so mean that they place there to prevent these illegal migrants from coming in. They're cutting the razor wire. They're unlocking doors. Uh, and so I think it's just really nice to have you know, America fighting for these illegals so well. I want the audience, particularly the three gentlemen, myself included, to make a note of something. We have these two very attractive ladies that no man alive would mind sitting next to. We started this thing off in the spirit of Christmas cheer. I'm wearing the Griswold Christmas shirt. All right. And and they have started. Don't don't let the packaging fool you. They have started off with two of the absolute angriest, most yes. bitter and cynical responses possible. And we have, we're have we three minutes into this. For goodness sakes, you guys better bring it. That's all I've got to say. You don't have the excuses. You're not as attractive as they are. So I fully expect some black hearts when you guys open your mouths. All right? Todd, I'm going to well, you. I'm going to disappoint you on this first answer because, trust me, we're going to get very black. Uh, moving forward but I had to put at least a legitimate win out there out of the gate and we have so many few wins the uh the school choice votes listen I'm almost I have a hard time believing it's actually happening uh you know from Rufo to DeAngelis to uh, Moms for Liberty that's one of the very few places we're taking ground Uh, trust me I'm going to get cynical as hell moving forward but those are real wins important wins kids lives are being saved by what's being done there uh, so that's what I've got on the win. I see what you're doing. You're fattening it up. You're fattening oh, the pig up before you put it I up there on the hook. I won't disappoint you, I promise you. I, I, I know you won't. I, <laughs> if there's one thing I know is that it will be bitter I, with you. I, I know that. Aaron. Yeah, I had the exact same answer as Todd. It's the families in the 17 states that either expanded or enacted school choice. There's no uh, area, I don't believe, in our culture. There are pockets here and there, but there's no area in our culture where we're really taking ground from the spirit of the age quite like we are on school choice. That's... The Devil's Youth Academy, the Devil's Youth Program, and I think we're starting slowly but surely to take that back. My biggest winner this year, uh, I went with Angel Pictures, although there's a story in Roll. As soon as I, you know, I wrote these answers last, a week or two ago, and yeah, then I read too. this profile in Rolling Stone, I'm like, oh boy. But for now, I'm going to keep it. Okay, Angel Pictures, and if it was if it was not from Ashley Bat- Bratcher, the actress that I know who played Abby Johnson in Unplanned, I would not care what Rolling Stone has to say about Angel Pictures. But for now, I'll keep my answer as Angel Pictures. They had the breakthrough hit of the year uh, with the Chosen. Or, I'm sorry, with the Sound of Freedom. Uh, they took this that that movie took that plucky little outfit of uh, crowdfunders that best known for making the Chosen TV series, and uh, we're talking heights previously no faith-based filmmakers ever seen way beyond even what pure flicks experienced with God's not dead about a decade ago. And, uh, and then I closed out my answer by writing down, not knowing what Ashley Bratcher was going to say in Rolling Stone two weeks after I came up with these answers. 
So I'll just read to you guys what I wrote down. Now let's pray it does not make the same mistakes that Pure Flix did in the aftermath of that breakthrough because we desperately need more pop culture platforms like this. So that was me trying to be nice. I, I just should never do that. I'm not good at it. I'm just, no. I'm not good at it. Every time I try to be nice, it goes bad. It goes bad. All right. Sarah Gonzalez, biggest loser. Biggest loser for me was Disney because it's not just their stock. It's not just the massive flops at the box office. It's not just the fact that DeSantis is going after them to close the loopholes. Um, it's that they've lost their credibility to the American public when they started allowing grown men dressing up like princesses, welcoming your young daughters to the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo boutique. And so they've just lost all of their credibility. They have lost public trust. It's very clear in those box office flops. And I I just got to say, it couldn't happen to a more deserving group. Yeah, I, I got a feeling Disney's going to come up as, a, as, a, as an answer a few times here by the time we get out of here today. Aaron. Biggest loser, unborn babies, especially in Michigan and Ohio, but also in Virginia and Kentucky, which uh, had some very disappointing off-year elections. Uh, when you're talking about life and death, which we are, when we're talking about, I think Michigan uh, passed uh, some baby-killing protections earlier this year, and Ohio had that big referendum uh, earlier this fall, I, I think unborn babies in those states are the biggest losers. Todd? Aaron and I did not compare notes, but so far we're tracking the uh, Ohio wow. abortion vote, uh, what it says about previous uh, election uh, losses and perhaps election losses in the future, um, you know, so-called uh, conservative or women living in so-called conservative states. If if this is the direction things are headed, um, I don't know. It's a flip of a coin at best on what we can win going forward. Did you kind of think the Ohio case was lost when one of the uh, faces of Ohio Right to Life lost her job for actually being a a Christian and pro-life? Not that, a good sign. Kind of was a sign that maybe we weren't going to win that one. Maybe Jill. Uh, I didn't go with the biggest winner and losers in terms of losing, but I just see the two words biggest losers. And there's only one thing that comes to mind, and that is the GOP, because there is nobody that is a bigger loser than the GOP. Every single day we started the year out with the House majority fight. We thought, oh, man, we're actually fighting against Kevin McCarthy. And then, you know, we actually get him out. And what do we do with that glorious opportunity? Nothing. That is why the House and the GOP in general are the biggest losers every single day. I love that answer. I, I went real meta. To me, the truth, I thought, was the biggest loser in, in 2023. I, I mean, I just, I, it's just really valued pretty much nowhere institutionally in America. Uh, the left has given up on it. We're watching too much of the so-called right give up on it. Um, I mean, I just, the, the truth is just kind of the biggest loser to me. Todd, I go to you for who is the best politician of 2023? Uh, any politician at all who is uh, 50 points down, but simultaneously causing his main opponent to spend all his time and money and obsessive energy on him. I don't know who that might be, but that politician. <laughs> Passive aggressive, too. We're just checking boxes. And we just started. I told you. I'm all right. There. All right, Aaron. Best politician. I'm kind of going off the beaten path here. I'm going Congressman Mike Collins just saying the quiet part out loud not too long ago. He put out a picture of his uh, congressional stationery, and instead of saying member of Congress, he whited out the B in member and just says memer of Congress. He's figured the game out. Well done, Mike Collins. Dude, that's that'll preach right there. Sarah. 
Uh, I'm going Chip Roy. He recently stood uh, up on the floor and told his colleagues that we have done nothing. We've done nothing to tell our people to campaign on. We have sat up here and done nothing. And he's absolutely right. He's always saying what needs to be said. He's always doing what he mean, uh, saying what he means and meaning what he says and doing what he says he's going to do, fighting for his constituents. And I just think he's just an all around. There's not many that I would say are all around top notch. He is one of a very select few. It's mm-hmm. a good call. Jill? Uh, going with Todd's answer on this one and Ron DeSantis, because that is who he's pointing to. We are results driven people, and he is a results driven guy. He doesn't need to go out and say, oh, look at all of the cool things. No, he can just point to the accomplishments that he's actually gotten done. My, my vote, and he's certainly not everyone's cup of tea. I'm, I'm not even frankly sure he is mine. All right. But Matt Gates was the driving force between the, uh, of the two biggest political stories of the year, both the speaker fights that bookended 2023. And he was the driving force of both of those, whether you like it or not. And depending on what you think, I mean, Gates either cynically did this to insulate himself from a, a forthcoming ominous ethics probe report, or he courageously did so in spite of it. Probably there's a little bit of truth to both, if we're being honest. Nevertheless, I thought few politicians had their presences felt more this year than Matt Gates did. So that was my vote. I'll start off with most defining political moment this time. Uh, on March 30th, the real clear politics polling average of the GOP primary had it Trump 44 and DeSantis 30. One week later, on April, tw- on April 6th, that margin had swelled to 50 to 24, and it's been there or growing ever since. Now, what changed? Ron DeSantis would actually not even be a declared candidate for another six weeks. So what changed? Well, here's what changed. And that's why I think it's the defining political moment of the year. March 31st was the first time that Donald Trump was indicted by Alvin Bragg this time in Manhattan. That is when Democrat lawfare essentially took complete control of the Republican primary. And since then, um, the, the results that you see, look at the polls! Uh, it completely is driven by that event that has been the the galvanizing moment one way or the other that has been the moment that has determined everything else that you have seen the rest of this year i don't know how that can't be the most galvanizing uh, or i'm sorry the most defining political moment so that's why i voted for it aaron so I'm actually going back to Matt Gates, who you mentioned just a couple of moments ago the most defining political moment i As you said, he's not my cup of tea. I was about to say that anyway, if you went to me first. He's not my cup of tea. It could have been anybody. It could have been Matt Gates, Matt Hates, Matt Bates. Him fundraising off of him motioning to vacate the speaker's chair a few months ago, just a defining political moment. It's like, what are we doing here? What's the plan? What are we trying to accomplish? What's the end goal? And we're going to fundraise off of it. That, to me, is the most defining political moment. Fundraising off the fact there was no, we didn't have a speaker? Yep. The thing is, though, if we're being honest and we try to do that on this show, what was that about? Two weeks there wasn't a speaker? Something like that. Was that the most efficient two weeks of Congress we had so far this year? I mean, it's... By default. (laughs) By default. (laughs) Indeed. I see what you did there. See what I did there? Jill. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going the Trump indictment as well, because when you look 15, 20 years down the road and you say, hey, what happened in 2023? We are going to look at uh, they, you know, becoming the first president to ever face the criminal charges such as this in, in the way that it has happened. So the Trump indictment by far is uh, is the biggest defining political moment of the year. I, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest defining political moments of my lifetime, um, actually, especially if you take them as a compilation uh, together, for sure. Todd, I mean, it's like I know I know this is like trademarked conservative uh, social influencer ink, but sometimes there's a reason why a cliche becomes one. We, we did cross a Rubicon. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Todd. I have the same answer, the lawfare against uh, Donald Trump. It's created this paradox where on the one hand, y- you understand why people are defending him. You feel compelled to on some level yourself in the way that some of us who didn't think Kavanaugh was going to be a good judge because of what's at stake beyond this specific man. But on the other hand, you feel like this the exact same reason you, th- you feel like you have to defend him is also the reason you have to let him go. Because this seems like a Kobayashi Maru, a no-win scenario. It really defines... It is. That the Democrats put us in this yes. position on purpose. Correct. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. It's a Kobayashi Maru. We, we, there's, there's not a win here, one way or the other. Uh, I mean, it, it, at, at this point, if, you can, if he can navigate 91 indictments, his own negatives, and get elected, oh. then I'm going to be next to Paula White and saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, that, that truly is an anoint. You need an anointing. To be dead serious, you would need a level of divine anointing to navigate that. But I but but I completely understand we can't set the precedent that they can just do this to us. We cannot. We cannot afford to lose the next election. We cannot. Right. I, I mean, that is that is a that is a Harvey two face coin. And the Democrats put us in that corner, yes. man. No question. Sarah. I went a completely different direction on this one. Um, it requires a very quick story. So our friend and colleague, Chad Prather, uh, actually told me a story recently, and this was for public consumption, so I can share it, that um, he has a friend in the Secret Service. And the, his friend in the Secret Service told him that when Joe Biden tripped over that sandbag and fell um, when he was giving that speech, that he pooped his pants. And I just thought, when I was I was filling these these questions out, and I thought, there is no better defining moment of 2023 no of being no, led by this man than Joe Biden wow. tripping over a sandbag and crapping his pants. That <laughs> metaphor alert. It, yeah, it doesn't get better than that. You know, I, I, you know, we earlier this year, I pointed out it over the over the course of 200 and, and almost 50 years. The U.S. presidency has projected many different images to the world. Valor, um, courage, um, corruption. Okay, the one thing it has never projected in the history of this republic is feebleness. And that's that's what is being projected right now. And that's that's the perfect adjective for what you just described, for sure. All right, let's go to biggest trader. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, remember, when I say this, I say this as a proud father of four daughters and a huge fan of the two women we have on the show. So uh, it's it's feminists. I mean. Dear God, they, they, what you have allowed yourself to become, the boys get to take over your sports. You're, you, you are largely uh, the ones responsible for driving the groomer train in our uh, schools. Uh, Jewish girls and women are getting raped and set on fire, and you take the side of the people or just simply won't speak up. I mean, who and what in the hell have you become? 
Not to mention our own girls largely just, re, you know, reduced to a swipe right or left on a Tinder account. I mean, great job, everyone. Yeah, I mean, great job. That, that's a great answer. Uh, Jill, I'll go to you. Uh, I'm going with Travis Kelsey and the Pfizer ads going through and telling people not just to get one jab, but to get the double jab. And I look at this as as just a big PR stunt. I think that him and Taylor, I'm, I'm a Swifty. I have been since day one. But I think this is a PR relationship because Taylor Swift on September 24th went to her first football game. And on September 25th, the Travis Kelsey commercials officially launched. And wow, I think that I didn't even know that. Just, yeah. I think that it's all so in your face for a reason. And I think that they took a likable figure in Travis Kelsey and they paired him uh, along with Taylor Swift just to get that publicity stunt going. Uh, and, the you know, just using it to sell out people for the double jab is just unexcusable. Wow, that's a timeline for sure. Aaron. I feel very inadequate after those two answers. My biggest traitor is Hollywood. Now, Hollywood has been a traitor for a long time. I understand there was a, a writer's strike this year as well. But if you're going to shove woke and just nonsense garbage in our faces, at least be entertaining about it. I didn't go to see a single movie this year other than Nefarious because I really didn't want to. It was a terrible year for Hollywood. They're not even being entertaining anymore, so they're my biggest traitor. Not a terrible answer at all. Sarah, biggest traitor. Um, my biggest traitor are the mentally ill mothers who push their children into chopping off their own body parts. Yep. These are women who are supposed to be like I, we are supposed to be the nurturer of these kids. God has entrusted us with these children to guide them. And instead, they are betraying these children and leading them into a path of self-destruction of I mean, I don't have to I don't have to tell you guys this. You already know it. But I just think there is no bigger traitor than the mother who does that to her own child. Amen to that. Um, I borrowed from Sarah's earlier answer for my biggest traitor. I think it is Disney. I think, uh, although all of your answers mm -hmm. are good, uh, but Disney has just betrayed. And I and I filled mine out right after I had watched that uh, documentary from 09. I told you guys back uh, about a couple weeks ago, uh, Walt Disney's Christmas Memories with his kids narrating it. Okay. And I mean, just watching that was just like, wow. Okay. Like, like foreign. Like this isn't this is like a different entity completely, not even the same company. Uh, it's it has betrayed every morsel of its founding vision, thus generations of fans. It is rightly suffering at the ballot box as we speak. I've mentioned before uh, f after uh, the Black Cauldron, Disney did not have a which actually isn't very bad. But after the Black Cauldron, Disney did, didn't have a box office flop for 40 years. It has had five in the last two years. Five wow. in the last two years. Okay. So wow. um, I think it's perhaps this is the destruction of perhaps the most popular corporation in American history. And it's all this isn't IBM who, you know, made who, you know, nobody had a clue what MS DOS was. Okay. And when they let Paul Allen and, and Bill Gates walk away with it and they used that to create Windows, no one had a clue. Okay. This is all self inflicted. Just all self-inflicted. Uh, and um, maybe it's tarnished irre irrevocably at this point. I don't know. I'll start with most boring. I, and I got to tell you, I'm just, the Trump grifter shtick is just kind of played out to me. Um, I, it, it's so predictable. The flating is so ridiculous. Um, I, the amount of these people I've just muted this year on Twitter just so I could avoid being distracted by it. Um, 
And, you know, as a general rule of thumb, don't hump anybody uh, like harder than Cousin Eddie's dog. Okay. I mean, that just, that's just a, a general rule of thumb. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'll just, I'll, it just makes the whole atmosphere toxic. Unfortunately, um, when at the beginning of this primary, that learned behavior you saw, um, uh, some you saw an element of DeSantis's social media influencers come out and say, "Well, this must be the way that we, we must do this. This must this must work." I just no, no, uh, no. Uh, I, and I'm just, I've gone from being mad to it's just boring. I'm just bored with it, Todd. Uh, the church, and again, I answer this. Two weeks ago, this became all the more uh, clear after what happened at the Iowa State Capitol. The, the equivocations, the excuses are made. People actually say, we, we, if we, unless we let the uh, devil be worshipped too, we don't get to worry baby Jesus. See our sweet little manger here? Get the hell out of here. you got a hundred reasons in this culture right now to have a bold, prophetic voice. And you, you simply cannot be bothered. Uh, there's no way we win if the church is this boring. No way. I love the, if we don't allow their satanic displays, they'll take down our nativities. Yes, yeah, they're going to do it Because anyway. they weren't taking our nativities down before here, we allowed the satanic displays. Here in Iowa, Come on. Th- this very week, in a small Iowa rural town, Red Wave, Red State, Iowa, there is a manger scene that was taken down in front of a city hall in the same week that they're demanding we must have by law a statue of Satan. Come on, people. Amen. Sarah, back to you. Most boring. Most boring for me was uh, Mike Pence. Just every time I listen to him, I want to fall asleep. He is so boring. I'm so glad he's finally out of the presidential race, and I hope he fades into oblivion never to return again. He is a human abstinence message, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Jill, go ahead. Yeah, Sarah, when you're longing for the fly to return, you know my pence is absolutely <laughs> yes, boring. But the Iowa thing. football offense aside, because that is definitely the most boring thing that I had to endure in 2023, I'm going with the China spy balloon because we should have gotten way more fun out of that, right? Like there should Holy have been crap, so I totally much. forgot about that. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> That's why it was yeah. my answer. I totally forgot that we watched China fly a balloon over the country to spy on us for a month. <laughs> it felt like it was 10 years ago. Aaron. That should have been way more entertaining. Yeah, and it wasn't. I, I agree. And, and it just goes to show how boring we are that China's like, screw this, man. What the hell are we even doing here? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's most boring because it's most predictable. It's Vivek Ramaswamy because he, he takes a bombastic position that pretty much everybody in the audience that he's trying to reach already agrees with, says it with bombast, as I said. Right-wing media picks it up, uh, even though he has no chance of winning anything. Wash, rinse, repeat. It's just gotten so predictable. It's, it's quite frankly boring now. Jill, I'm going to you for most charismatic. Uh, well, it was a moment that we were all together here in Nashville at Whitlock's Jab Show, and we got to meet RFK Jr. in person. And I will say that, you know, when you're in, in a room like that, the, the stars really level themselves out. You can see the top mm-hmm. of the top. And when John Stockton, who has to be the biggest star in like 90% of the rooms that he's in any given time, willingly becomes RFK Jr.'s errand boy, mm-hmm. you know that that is the true charismatic figure uh, in the room. So so RFK Jr. will will win that just for me because we got to see it up close and personal. I was there. Yeah, I saw exactly what you're talking about for sure. Aaron, I go back to you, most charismatic. It's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> 
which I was not enraptured by any politician or any figure more than I was when he was glitching. So it's got to be him. A hat tip to Emerald Robinson for the best nickname of the year. Glitch McConnell. That was phenomenal. Sarah. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Aaron a little bit. I'm my most charismatic is actually Vivek. Now I agree with all of Aaron's points. I don't trust him. Uh, I don't think, I don't believe a word that he says, but the problem is that I think that he does have a, a commanding, uh, authoritative sense about him when he says these things. Exactly I don't buy right. it like you, Aaron, but I think that his his stage presence, I mean, he's like the, the Republican Obama. It's like, well, he's, I mean, I wouldn't trust him with a 10-foot pole, but he sure does have charisma. I mean, he created this year's meme with that notebook for sure. Nikki equals corruption. That was clever, by the way. <laughs> Todd, quickly. Uh, tip of the cap to you, Steve. Nefarious. Just absolutely bringing uh, that character to life. Absolutely nailed it. All right. It's good that I'm going to give my... Thank you, by the way. It's good that I'm going to give my answer right before the commercial break because I'm going to get hammered. And I know it's a dude code violation, but how is it not Taylor Swift? Because it's not Taylor Swift. Okay. I mean, I mean, <laughs> she conquered not just the music industry this year, but the NFL. Those are two of the three largest pop culture industries in the world, in the entire world. And she conquered them both. Uh, her worldwide tour set records across the globe, and and now I hate myself. But I, I just, I you know me, I got to keep it real, even if it means, you know, I got to I got to bottom out like Lindsey Graham. I got to keep it real. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's Taylor Swift, guys. No, no. Wow, that's just a testimony to everybody else's weakness, not her strength. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to justify the most expensive Christmas gift I've ever purchased was buying Zoe tickets to see Taylor Swift at Arrowhead with my wife earlier this year. I'm not just doing it to justify that, but I'm hoping that maybe I just did uh, for my own uh, sanity, if nothing else. So who had Jill Savage trashing Taylor Swift before me on uh, this year's roundtable? You never know what surprises are in store. More are coming your way in a moment. All right, back here on day one of our special two-day year-end Steve Day show. And today it is the special two-hour year-end day group. Steve Day's here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, joined by Blaze media colleague Sarah Gonzalez, host of the News and Why It Matters, former Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage. Let's continue on and let's go to the bummest rap. What was the bummest rap of the year? Sarah Gonzalez, you lead us off. American Shaman and all the rest of the J6ers, some of whom are still being denied due process to this day. And as we see more and more evidence come out daily showing that this was uh, at least in part a giant setup that they walked into. They were given guided tours by the Capitol Police, left without incident, only to be, you know, uh, followed by the FBI and uh, thrown in prison. So that's who I would say. All right. Jill. Good answer. Jill. Uh, yeah, mine's completely different, but Sarah's is excellent. Uh, I went with women's college basketball because it's a great product. And I remember being in Dallas for Steve's nefarious movie premiere, going on Stu's show. And when he was saying he watched more of the women's tournament that he did the men's tournament this year uh, for the first time ever. So it is a good product on the court. And Caitlin Clark is changing the game. Yeah, there's no question that that 
you know, you're too young probably to remember Cheryl Miller. Or may, you might still remember Cheryl Swoops. That You probably remember her. But she's at least in that category for sure. And she's a transcendent figure for sure, Todd. Uh, the Jews. I mean, good grief. Can everybody in the world, like, stop just being a total clown regarding these poor people? I, this, this is appalling. It's utterly appalling. Well, well, pretty much since you're about halfway through Genesis when Laban shows up, the answer is no. Uh, that, that's The answer is no. They can't stop being appalling where Jews are concerned. That's pretty much what the last 4,000 plus years of human history has indicated, starting with Laban. No, they, they can't start. They can't be appalling. Todd, I'm sorry, Aaron. The Iowa Hawkeye football team, they won 10 games in a Power 5 conference uh, despite having a terrible offense. They played really great defense and special teams, and they did not deserve to be the national laughingstock that they were for much of the season. I went with the uh, whole DeSantis was disloyal for running against Trump thing rap. I, I just don't understand what's populist about wait your turn. I just you can take you can if you want to claim he's disloyal, I get that. But then you can't don't tell me you're a populist. I mean, you just those two things just aren't reconcilable. Wait your turn. And I power to the people. I just I'm not exactly sure how that works. Uh, I'll start fairest rap. There's a lot to like about Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. You can almost even forgive him for the last election, given the way people are now taking plea deals rather than releasing the Kraken. Do you sense a butt coming on? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you undo all of that with the inexcusable decision to go to Davos and hang with the demonic World Economic Forum. That was an unforced error. At, anybody think Georgia's economy is slowing I mean, what would be the, there was no point in going there. There was no, there, there, there was, that was strictly a point of diminishing returns. It was an absolute lost leader. You know, it, it's a little bit like, let's say you came up with the idea one day, because, you know, this will never leak. Why don't we shoot an amateur gay porn video right here in a Senate chamber, you know? And because there's not a, lots of other places that you could shoot your amateur uh, sodomy video and it wouldn't get leaked to maximum embarrassment. Let's just do it here in one of the most public facilities in the world. I mean, no one would do that, right? I mean, that's just mind-numbingly stupid, okay, to put something like that out there and then, you know, realize when that you put something like that out there one day that it's it's there, you know? Likewise, who, at any point, you asked your staff, should I go? You got on the plane. You got off the plane. Okay. At, at, no one interjected and said, "Why are we doing this, bro?" No one. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Let, let's just go home. No one. I mean, when you do that, you have you have you deserve all the MAGA frenzy you get. You deserve every last bit of it, Todd. Uh, recent events notwithstanding, I don't really think it's changed anything. But uh, Bud Light. I mean, it's. Ultimately, this wasn't as huge a win, uh, as I've said before, because a lot of people just made a lateral move to another uh, bad beer. They didn't really sacrifice anything, but it did absolutely hurt Bud Light badly and sustainably, it would seem, until bailed out by like one of the ultimate dude bro sports ever, which just shows we can't have nice things at all, but Bud Light. $100 million was all it took to get to change Dana White's team. Yeah. I'd like to sit here and tell you I could withstand a hundred million. I don't know the answer to that, you know. And but I will say this: 
I would like someone to try. All right, I'm, I'm asking for that temptation. 100 million, come at me, and let's just see what I do. I'm, you know, I'm willing to take that chance. Sarah, Ferris Rap, or I'm sorry, yes, I, Ferris Rap. Yeah, Ferris Rap, I had the same answer as Todd. I said Bud Light, and I would just to add to that point, Todd, um, no, Dana White, it's not time to show them mercy. This is the exact time that you stand strong and say there is no mercy, especially when they're not even sorry. Like yep. they don't even, they haven't even admitted what they did right. wrong. Why would you show them mercy now? Right. Now is the time to rub their nose in it even more. Um, so I think absolutely the collapse of Bud Light has been just chef's kiss. Yeah, like if they, like if they had given Dana White $100 million and said, our bad. We should have never done that, man. Our mistake. And we're now actually going to make Dana White like creative officer emeritus. Like we're going to run like all of our yeah. proposals by him to make sure it gets the alpha male seal of approval. Then I don't care if they give Dana White a half a billion yeah. dollars. Okay. But instead, it looks like the reverse. It looks That's like Dylan right. Mulvaney is running yes. the mixed martial arts they just, now. They just pimped Dana White out, if we're being honest. Yeah. They, they just threw him some new port lights and some splotchy green eyeliner and said, stand on the corner here for $100 million. And Dana's like, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. They did that instead. Yeah. All right. Chill. Uh, when I look at the Ferris rap, I say, who is perceived to be the way that the public views this person? And millions of people right now around the world are actually asking, is the Pope Catholic? Pope Francis <laughs> is my answer because dude doesn't do anything that's Catholic lately. Uh, his latest thing this last week, he said he wants to be buried outside of the Vatican walls. Because eternity lasts forever, and he doesn't want that kind of stink coming down on him. We get it, bro. You're not Catholic. He, that this pope has brought Todd to the point of imprecatory imprecatory prayers. That and other things, but yes. against against his own pope, right? Yes. Somewhere, somewhere in heaven, Luther is now looking at you yeah. like Mr. Miyagi yeah. once looked at Karate Kid and said, yes. "I've done public imprecatory." Yes. They're coming back at me at Twitter. That doesn't seem very Christian. Oh well. We differ. Aaron, wrap us up here on Ferris Rap. <laughs> the same answer as my last one, the Iowa Hawkeye football program. They are bound and determined to take offensive football back to the 1800s. That's their offense is indeed dreadful. And now word is they're going to hire Brian Ferentz's grandpa for OC, basically. Philbin? Yeah. Oh, gosh, no. Please, that's, no. That's the word, man. That, that, that's the word on the internet is they're going to hire Brian Ferentz's uh, godfather, basically. <laughs> Why are you crushing my Christmas spirit here, Steve? Dude, you guys won 10 games, though. You had a good season. Best comeback, Aaron, I'll go back to you. Nikki Haley in the last debate trying to say Ron DeSantis is a hypocrite. He said bathroom bills weren't a, uh, a good use of his time. And then uh, Ron DeSantis chimes and said, uh, I signed a bathroom bill. Best comeback <laughs> of the year. And you didn't. I signed it and you didn't. Yes. yes. Todd, best comeback. Tucker Carlson. Um, I mean, I, I don't think anybody, uh, any of us thought he was going to like bottom out like Bill O'Reilly did after he left and they left for d different reasons, but to, to, to do this quickly, bec make sure that he is as relevant as ever. Um, I, I mean, the guy has managed to come out clean on the other side. I mean, what that looks like going forward, we may have a totally different answer when we do this a year from now, but it, it's, it's been something to watch. Okay. Sarah. I'm going John Fetterman. Now, hear me out, okay? He oh, I'm listening. Believe me, I, I am listening to John. I am, on, I am on pins and needles every time John Fetterman speaks these days. Thus speaketh right. Zara Hutstra at this point, but go ahead, yes. 
So he entered the political cycle as a potato, and he's still exiting this year still as a potato. But he has come around all of a sudden to the idea that, you know, I don't know, Israel has the right to exist. He has come around to the idea that illegal immigration is a problem and we should probably stop it. He's all of a sudden uh, coming to these conclusions and fighting members of his own party over them. And look, the guy's a lazy slob, but I just want to give credit where credit is due that um, I, not, I never thought I didn't have John Fetterman defending Israel on my bingo card this year. He responded to George Santos's expulsion by saying yeah. we needed to go after Robert Menendez and he called him yeah. Senator from Egypt. Okay. Last week, he said, I'm not a progressive. You know, it's funny. We started this year with conservative media convinced there was a John Fetterman body double. We have ended this year with Democrat corporate media convinced there's a John Fetterman body double. There you go. I like that answer. Jill. Uh, I'm going Jesus dead for three days, rising again, the greatest comeback of all time. And I'm going with it specifically because the Candace Owens uh, interview on Joe Rogan resurfaced this year in the conservative media. And uh, Joe Rogan was saying, wow, they believe that Jesus died and rose again and walked on water. And Candace said, yeah, you know, that's really not my shtick. But if it's not your shtick, then what are we what are we even doing here? That's kind of hard to be have christianity without that stuff for sure my best comeback todd and sarah be prepared to swoon novak Djokovic is my best comeback he was banned from the last two u.s opens because he refused to risk his life as a human test tube for pfizer and moderna and this year the world's number one tennis player was finally allowed to return here to the u.s to compete and then what do you think he did He promptly won the 2023 U.S. Open that was partially sponsored by, and you can't make this up, okay, partially sponsored by Moderna. You can't make this up, all right? Um, Most original thinker, I'll start, and I'm going to go with a completely justified butt kiss, but I'm going to go with our senior Blaze Media Management team, which made the ballsy move. Uh, to break free of big tech hegemony uh, earlier this year. Uh, They made the decision to take the lead on what, frankly, our entire industry is going to have to do this. And it wouldn't shock me if next year was the year we all had to do it before the election, uh, which is imminently free ourselves from big tech censorship. Um, and, And I get why everybody is still afraid that money is still really good, but it's not going to be there forever. And uh, our management took a big risk by breaking free of that. I've had friends of mine, I don't know if you guys who have friends at other big conservative media outlets, but I've had some of my friends at the other place, like they're like, Tonto, what do you mean we loan? We're really rooting for you. Go get them. Let's see how it turns out. Okay. So we're, but, but I'm guessing, especially as the election draws nigh next year, more conservative media platforms will probably just be forced into making this decision, even if they don't want to voluntarily do it. Todd. Uh, most original, I'm going with, uh, the devil slayer, Michael Cassidy. I mean, (laughs) just listen in a world, there's this great, uh, 18th century British admiral who responded to the tradition, uh, in India, uh, at the time, uh, that, uh, when a man died, his widow would be burned, uh, with him. And this guy said, by all means, you guys follow through on your traditions and we'll follow through with ours. We're going to erect a uh, gallows uh and after you get done with yours we're gonna hang the people who uh did that you know if that's a devil we're gonna kill it michael cassidy got understood something that we all need to understand deeply jill uh let the butt kissing continue the most original thinker is steve dace that's why we watch the show that's why your audience has grown the way that it has 
And that's why, you know, we are such fans of the show here and, and can't wait to come on it. I appreciate that, but I want the audience to know. We already previously offered Jill a job and a chance to be on this show full time, but she didn't want to move back to Iowa. So you don't you you already got offered the gig. You didn't have to do that, sister. All right. Okay. That's that you know that I believe it then though. All right. That's true. That's true. And I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I really do. Sarah. Uh, I'm going Elon Musk. He's like building spaceships and building cyber trucks and owning quite arguably the largest free speech platform around while telling advertisers to go F themselves. Now, I don't know if that's a solid business strategy, but it is thinking outside the box. (laughs) He's in Italy right now telling people to get married and make babies. He's telling them that right now. Uh, This weekend, he's at a symposium in in Italy telling people to get married and make babies. Aaron. My first okay. answer was actually going to be what you said, Steve, but I figured out that figured somebody else would probably take that, and I was right. So my more, most original thinker is really random. It's whichever ad agency I teamed up with Snoop Dogg to do this viral marketing campaign to say that he was Smokeless. quitting smoke. <laughs> I mean, I think it was uh, I Willie, fell for it. Willie Nelson came out of the woodwork. Hey, man, if you need any, uh, if you need any help, smoking, <laughs> you know, quitting smoke is really hard. It just turned, it turned out to be this big old advertisement for some smokeless fire pit. Yeah. Original thinking right there. That's pretty I, good. I agree. All right, got to go quickly with most stagnant thinker. Aaron, I'll go back to you for that. It's the dissident right. I love these guys. They have a really a lot of really intriguing and interesting observations about anthropology and history, and they have a lot of well, they have a pretty good definition of what bad is. They don't have a working definition. What from what I've seen, and I'd be happy to be proven wrong of the definition of Correct. the word good. So they're the new kind of Ron Paul movement, is what you're describing. A little bit, yeah. Hey, Todd, this echoes Jill's biggest loser answer, but uh, Rona McDaniel, Rona McDaniel. I mean, good grief. What a yawn. 0 for 5 in elections. Yeah. You think that's problematic? So you and Vivek's the one person pointing this out. So give him credit for that. That's something you and he have in common. Sarah. Uh, neocon Nikki Haley stuck in the 2004 Republican Party. Never met a war she didn't like or didn't want to continue funding forever. That's a great answer, too. Jill. Uh, assuming he still can't thank Joe Biden, because often with dementia, you have long-term memory <laughs> recall, but short-term is a lot more difficult. So even if he wanted to change his mind currently, it would be very <laughs> difficult. That's, that's a tragically sad and hilarious answer. Uh, I'm, I went with those who were behind the He Gets Us campaign. Um, mm. If there's any portrayal of Christianity, the average American in this era has not has not been exposed to. It's Jesus as your buddy. Why didn't we think about that? I mean, why, why haven't we tried the softer side of Sears? I mean, why, why haven't we? I mean, I feel your pain. Why don't we try that? I mean, I bet you they just I bet you this culture would just absolutely repent and turn away from its wicked ways if we thought of that before. Oh, wait, we have. Um, did this even get focus grouped? Um, I, I just... I just thought that was what... That was just a more expensive version of the exact portrayal of Christ that we have given this culture since the purpose-driven life. So 20-plus years. And it... The culture's hurt. The culture has all the affirmation it needs. It's dying of affirmation, in fact. It's dying from affirmation, in fact. You want to be an original thinker, um, you know, 
next year's campaign, all right? Run a Super Bowl ad, the turn or burn campaign. Run that, all right? <laughs> we need some old-time religion. The turn or burn campaign. Maybe we should start crowdfunding that for next year's Super Bowl. Come the in. turn or burn ads. Turn or burn, all right? Like Lindsey Graham and like, you know, leather chaps. Turn or burn. Okay. More in a moment. Back here with Hour 2 on day one of our special year in review. Steve Dace show here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre joining us. We'll get back to them in a moment. Uh, Jill Savage, former Blaze TV contributor. Sarah Gonzalez, Blaze TV host of the news and why it matters. We'll continue on with the year that was 2023 in a moment. Part two brought to you by our friends over at Constitution Wealth. They came on board this year, the very first day of the year, and they've already aligned by their calculations uh, about $10 $10 million of uh, investment and wealth in this audience with the values of this audience, but they calculate there's a lot more. And if you're one of those people that's trying to be conscientious conscientious in your purchases, if you can avoid giving money directly to people who hate you, why not extend that to your portfolio at Constitu- with Constitution Wealth's help? You can be both profitable and prophetic. You can be both kinds of profit. P-R-O-P-H-E-T, P-R-O-F-I-T. You can do them both at the same time. They'll show you how with a free consultation today. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. They want to help you take your prosperity and put it to work in the culture war. And uh, you get an ROI too. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. That's constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Don't forget, you can let us know what you think about what we think. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also, if you are listening via the podcast, leave us a five-star review. You might be like, Steve, I don't like your show. Don't lie. You might be like, Steve, it's just kind of okay. Then we would ask you to exaggerate. We would not ask you to bear false witness, but we will ask you to exaggerate. We only want one in five-star reviews. Anything else doesn't count, all right? Uh, So just one in five-star reviews, that's all we're looking for. Hit subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes, and thank you to all of you that have done those things for us as well. And don't forget, all right, this year we're doing something different. We are playing for a major award, all right? Fragile, all right? And I got to tell you guys, because I told you at the top I was eligible uh, to win this. And I have to tell you, during the top of the hour break, I took a look at everybody's combined answers, and I am the most impressed with my own. Mm, you don't tell. So <laughs> you guys, you guys are going to have to catch up here in hour number two. This is right? rigged. <laughs> it's rigged. Shocking. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, all right. So here we go. Let's continue where we left off. Aaron, I'll start with you. Best photo op. Ryan Fournier's uh, mugshot juxtaposed with his tweet saying. We're going to make mugshots great again. That's Ryan Fournier. He's the uh, founder of Students for Trump. Allegedly, allegedly, pistol whipped his girlfriend. All right, Jill, you're next. Go ahead, Jill. 
In May, they wheeled old Dianne Feinstein into the Senate. We hadn't seen her in months, and there is no greater single picture of the United States government yeah. in 2023 than wheeling old Diane in, saying, oh, no, no, she's still here, guys. She can still vote. Don't worry. Thad Cochran's ghost uh, called and said, have a little class while you're at it, Todd. Uh, I think Sarah already alluded to this, but it's Elon Musk's FU moment. Because, listen, he's really, 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 really rich. But he's just a really, 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 really rich normie. And we need more normies to react this way to the nonsense that's being forced down their throat. Maybe that's the thing. Because I go back and forth between, you know, savior of Western civilization and the Antichrist. Like when, when he went to Israel after October 7th, <laughs> I, I, mean, I was just like in full Carpathia mode. Okay, like, are you kidding me? What's next? A pact to rebuild the temple? Okay, and maybe you have solved this 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 enigma for me. Maybe he's just an enormity who is mind-numbingly rich. It's just not any more complicated. Correct. Than that. That, that you might have solved it for me. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm still ahead, but I did like that answer. All right, Sarah, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, my answer ties in with my biggest winner, and the best photo op for me was the picture of the Venezuelan flag planted on United States Texas oh. soil is just so perfectly representative of what is actually happening at the border. We have illegals coming in, being welcomed with open arms who don't they have no intention of assimilating. They, in fact, are going to plant the flag of the country that they are fleeing on our soil. There's no way this ends well. So it was the uh, the Venezuelan flag right there on Texas soil for me. Great answer. I, I didn't try to do too many of these, but I had to do one. Okay. Completely self-serving answer. Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti having to award the Big Ten Championship trophy to Michigan at the Big Ten Championship game was my photo op of the year. Uh, you want to talk about sports karma, sweet irony, getting the last laugh, eat your heart out, sucks to be you. That was my favorite image of the year of our Lord, 2023. All right, Todd, enough already. What are you sick of? Groomers hate them. They disgust me. (laughs) Really? And that's all I've got. (laughs) Oh, I've got, I've got way more, but you know, we want this to air afterwards. Yes, we do. Thank you, Todd, for the modicum of restraint that you just demonstrated. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Jill. Uh, Trump derangement syndrome. People either love him or hate him. There's no middle ground. They just are blinded by love or rage. And I am completely sick of it this time around. I second that. Sarah. Yeah, I, I will add to that. Uh, mine is, of course, tribalism within parties. Um, so I'll add to that. I think that there's a certain element of DeSantis derangement syndrome as well. I, as a host, can't say anything right because I've got half my audience jumping down my throat for giving Trump a compliment and then half my audience jumping down my throat for giving DeSantis a compliment. And you just feel like you can't win. And it feels like it's getting progressively more and more tense every single cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's just become just overwhelming where you cannot say anything nice unless it's my guy. And I'm just, I've just had it. I'm with you. I had the same answer as Jill, so I'll skip my turn. Aaron, go ahead. Man, this seems like it's low-hanging fruit, but it's true. Inflation. I'm just, you and the audience who watch this show, we have you to thank. And, and no, Steve, I was reliably informed this week, Aaron, that you young people just don't yeah. understand that prices always go up. Steve pays me very well. <laughs> uh, thank you to the Blaze as well. But my wife and I were watching Home Alone the other night. That two bags of groceries that Kevin McAllister 
pays for when he goes to the grocery store, $19.83, I think it was. Somebody went through and looked at that. Last year, that same two bags of groceries would have been $44. This year, it's like $72 for what he got. Enough already. I'm, I'm sick of this. No, it's a great answer. I've, I've, I've commented on the show on a couple Mondays when I've come back after Amy and I have taken speaking engagement trips and we stop at the store for family dinner to have everybody come by for dinner and we grab two or three bags of groceries of what we're going to grill or what we're going to cook. And I'm like, what it cost? She's like 70 bucks. I'm like, what? 70 bucks for three plastic, not the big bags that you and I were working at grocery stores and fill into the brim when we were bagging for grocery, you know, for jobs back in the day, the plastic bags. Two or three of the plastic bags, 70 bucks, just blows my mind. All right, worst lie. What was the worst lie of 2023, Todd? This might be my import, most important answer. It's the uh, oath of office and the Pledge of Allegiance. Most of you people are not serious. You, are, you just refuse to be citizens. You're comfortable consumers, and you have no plans of being any different, no matter how much you see your own children being raped in various ways right in front of your eyes. You just won't do the work. It's pathetic. Sarah. I have never spoken to my son about his business dealings, which, of course, then transferred to. <laughs> I, I started thinking never... about your own. I'm like, wait, aren't they like little kids? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I ahead. have yeah. never spoken to my son about his business dealings, which then transferred to, well, I mean, I've never been financially involved. Both are, of course, abject lies. Agreed. Jill. Uh, let me preface this by saying I love me some Tucker Carlson, but I came on your show, Steve, and said when Tucker was, you know, leaving Fox, like, oh, from Fox, that Tucker would have the unchained version of Tucker and we would get this whole new extraordinary version. Uh, and we just haven't gotten that yet. So, you know, me coming on your show saying that post Fox Tucker would be better than the, the version that we currently had. Yeah, that's not something I would have anticipated in March when that unfortunate move was made by Fox. Aaron. So I had something else down, but I think, um, and I hope it's not recency bias, but it's just come up in the last week. Uh, we have to allow the Satanists to have their Baphomet statue, because <laughs> when the Satanists get in charge, they might not let us put up our nativities. Guys, when the Satanists are in charge, you're going to be in prison. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ain't no fun mm-hmm. when the rabbit's got the gun. I'll say this again. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Guys, we handed the rabbit the gun a long time ago. The rabbit has rabies, and he's quoting Marx as he chambers another round. It's <laughs> dumb. Just take a stand, understand what time we are in, and then do something about it. Preach. Here, here, here. So this is the only category that I changed my answer since I originally filled out my questionnaire. That press avail that Hunter Biden did this week when he went full otter of Animal House. I will not have you besmirching the name of the United States of America like this, blaming MAGA Republicans. It's the California Fed, dude. California just brought 17 years of indictment charges against you, not MAGA Republicans, okay? My addiction uh, that you've unearthed. Uh, dude, you chronicled your 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 escapades with Russian hookers. You cataloged them, kept them uh, available for leak being leaked and blackmailed. We have all literally seen more of most of obese America saw you, more of your penis than their own. Okay, dude, you were you did you did cocaine off a Russian hooker's ass, and eighty million registered users on Twitter saw it. All right, why? Because you recorded it, brah. 
okay? You recorded yourself doing and committing crimes, all right? And for him to just stand up there like that, I mean, holy cow. That was sociopathic is what that was. It's the full George Costanza. I mean, if somebody had just told me, perhaps we, I would have done differently, but I, <laughs> I got to plead ignorance Goodness on this one. Goodness gracious. All right. Destined for political stardom, Sarah. I'm going with Riley Gaines. Yep. Um, she has just been a rising star. She's great at the hearings. She's effective. And I don't know if she... I don't know if she's even considered it, but I just I think that she really needs to stay to stay in the fight, uh, stay in the game. I think she could be destined for, I don't know, maybe a political office. All right. Aaron. I think it's actually uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's starting to do the MAGA without the zany of the MAGA in Arkansas. School choice, banning Chinese companies from buying uh, agricultural property in that state. She gave, I think, the rebuttal to, or she was, she gave some rebuttal. Maybe that was last year to the State of the Union or something like that. I think she could be uh, onto something there in Arkansas. Okay, not a bad answer from both of you there, Jill. Uh, Harvard President Claudine Gay, because you can't tell me she is not perfect for the Democrats. When she was asked the question, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules regarding bullying her or harassment? And she comes out and says, it depends on the context. I thought there is a Democrat that they can get behind. And a bonus, her favorite topics are also race and gender and she doesn't even write her own stuff. She's been caught plagiarizing Dr. Carol Swain's work multiple times. You can't tell me that does not have Democrat cabinet position written all over it. See, I love that level of snark. And now let me see if I can top you. No pun intended on whom I'm about to discuss. Nancy Mace has learned and mastered the game from her shamelessness and switching I guess we'll call them positions and associations to her lascivious joking about telling her fornication party partner that he'll have to take her to pound town after the prayer breakfast um, to the repeated showing off of her ample bosoms. She's either five minutes away from winning Washington, D.C.'s first ever congressional wet T-shirt contest or... Uh, she is about to be called Madam President. She has metamorphosized herself from establishment hack handpicked by Kevin McCarthy himself to wannabe MAGA prom queen. Repeat after me, Madam President, because you will all be saying it one day if we last that long. It's Nancy Maystock, your answer. I'm same as Sarah, uh, Riley Gaines. Uh, obviously, this issue is very important. Uh, to me, my own daughters have fought the good fight on it, and everybody needs to learn a lesson. She really, she she's successful for a lot of different reasons, but the most important one: if you're going to get into this business of uh, politics in this day and age, you know, there's no time to ease into it. Are you willing to punch people in the mouth right now? And she has been with a smile on her face. It's fantastic. Todd, I go back to you. Destined for political oblivion. Uh. Literally, Gaza. Like the place. <laughs> Literally. We'll, we'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> and a Merry Christmas! I told you where you were going, Dark. <laughs> Aaron, destined for political oblivion. I think Todd it, thought it meant actual oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I'm good with that. 
<laughs> I think it might already be here, but the truth is destined for political oblivion if it isn't already there. I mean, the appetite uh, within our culture, within our political machinations for actually pursuing the good, the true, the beautiful, and the truth, the appetite for that is, well, it's not there right now. At least not to my eyes. I'd be happy to be wrong. I'm going to go with those on the right who think we just need to keep exposing. Um, and that way we don't have to ever take governing or policy seriously on any level whatsoever. Um, and that if we'll reach some critical mass of exposure, that normies who are not the richest man on planet Earth like Elon Musk uh, will wake up from their slumbers and join us in some mass uprising. I used to believe this. And then I watched the actual like not not the look at the polls. I watched the actual game day results, not the point spread. I watched the games that were played on game day. Uh, the last time I wore this much red was on the Blaze set election night 2022. I'm Tiger Woods championship Sunday red, and my face was red by the end. Glenn's face was redder because I think he either wanted to either kiss me or punch me by the end of that broadcast. I was so annoyed. I was annoying myself. That's how annoyed I was, okay? Watching the results come in. The election results this year have been even in off years, special years, special elections have been downright dreadful in most cases uh, on our side. I just, at some point, we're going to have to figure out how to reconcile the chasm between what is good for business, which is just we just keep telling people how terrible the other side is, and what will actually win which and save the country, which is actually take governing seriously. I and I don't know how that works or where that line is at, but we're going to have to figure out how to bridge that chasm because what we're doing now is not working. Jill. Uh, yeah, I will go with Eric Adams on this. He came out against illegal immigration and he didn't get the memo that the Democrats can't do that. He also came out and said he doesn't see a sense of urgency from the White House and help is not on the way. That is not how you get yourself moving up the ladder there in the uh, the Democratic Party. And that's why he's now got a Me Too. Everything you just said. Now, a woman has come forward, said 20 years ago, something may have happened. That was, uh, you know, him. Hey, know your place there, brother. Uh, you don't have a we don't do that stuff over here. Keep your mouth shut. That's what that was. You run on the money, Jill. Sarah. Uh, I'm going with Chris Christie, uh, who openly declares that mutilation of children is a parental rights issue. Yeah. And anyone who can't clearly define it as child abuse in the Republican Party, I think, should crawl into a hole never to return again. And if they do return, they should be absolutely publicly ridiculed. Preach. 100% on that. Sarah, I'll go back to you. Best political theater of the year. Uh, well, it's interesting. Jill just mentioned Eric Adams. I'm going to say the very compassionate, morally superior Eric Adams saying you that mean Texas, you're bigoted, you're xenophobic. You don't want these immigrants. We'll take them in. We're a sanctuary city. And then five <laughs> minutes later being like, yeah, there's no more room at the end. We're all filled up. <laughs> yep. How about Katie Hobbs, Todd's favorite politician, who he's been trying to imprison for the last 12 months. Now <laughs> Katie Hobbs wants to get tough on the border. How about them apples? Todd, I'll go to you. Best political theater. Uh, DeSantis versus Newsom. We were all interested in it, but it just... It exceeded everybody's expectations, but uh, the except for DeSantis was just DeSantis. He's Tony Gwynn. All he does is, you know, any count he'll he'll rip a double to the gap. But like, I can't believe Newsom went into it, and that's what you gave us. Yeah, it was scintillating. 
it's at least the most devastating political theater. What that was done what was done that night to Newsom's future national ambitions, and the fact that he can't keep talking about it too. Yeah. That's a, a, you know as a dude. That's when you know you've when he can't stop talking about the fact you kicked his ass. Is when you know he knows that he got his ass kicked. Chill. Uh, it's going to be the background that Sarah has. The four college football playoff teams just win and you're in is what they are told. Florida State got left out. It's all political theater because ESPN has the rights to SEC and they are going to push their product. They are not going to leave the SEC out of the college football playoff. And because they saw what happened when Georgia smashed TCU and they said, we will not have that again. So everything in this is political and that's just the college football playoff system. Well, if you think you might reply to that and say, well, Jill, ESPN owns the ACC too. Well, this week ESPN put a two hour show on ESPN Maine with the SEC schedule announcement for next year, games that are nine months away and ESPN put them on the main channel to break down for two hours. When the ACC did its schedule during the year for next year, they got like an hour or two on uh, the ACC network that nobody watches. So that kind of makes your, your point there for you, Sarah, uh, Jill. Sarah. It just means more. Oh, Sarah, yeah. we went to you first. Ta- Aaron, yeah. you're next. That's uh, basically anything that comes out of the mouth of Senator John Kennedy. I mean, the dude is freaking hilarious. He's got the <laughs> soundbite just down, but he is ultimately... The um, the singularity, as I like as I like to say, of full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Yeah, uh, sounds like Glenn Beck votes like Mitch McConnell. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, best political theater. I'm going to go with Tucker Carlson's demolition of Mike Pence and Asa Hutchinson at the leadership summit back in July, and mm-hmm. getting to see that in person. Uh, it proves once and for all why the Republican Party doesn't want movement people hosting its candidate uh, uh, forums and debates because its candidates collapse in too many cases, when they're questioned from the right, unless they're the true believers. And that's what the Republican Party doesn't want exposed. I want you to think there's no difference between Ron DeSantis and Asa Hutchinson. There's no difference between Donald Trump and uh, 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 Nikki Haley. It, it, it doesn't want you to know any of those distinctions at all. Uh, and Tucker, is, specifically, when Tucker asked Asa Hutchinson how many COVID jabs he took, And Tucker then said, I took none of them. That was perhaps the loudest applause at a political event I heard all year was that moment. And deservedly so. All right. Worst political theater. Aaron, back to you. Worst political theater. It's uh, Vivek teaming up with Laura Loomer down in Florida, getting the truth hat on and getting the bullhorn and saying something about Trump's indictment, arraignment, what have you. What was that? Are you running for president or are you running for Donald Trump's? Are you a campaign? That was the weirdest thing maybe this year in GOP primary politics that I saw. It really kind of destroyed his candidacy. I mean, it was he kind of stopped being his own brand at that point. Uh, That's a good point. Todd. Worst political theater. The speaker fight. It's so GOP, you know, like, once more into the breach. What did we get? Oh, Mike Johnson. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, worst political theater. Yeah, for me, it has to be the 
Republicans in Texas, and for those of you who are listening, I am using air quotes when I say Republicans in Texas uh, voting to impeach the most conservative, uh, the attorney general who has, you know, sued Biden uh, the most amount of times. I uh, was doing all of this good conservative work here in the state of Texas. And what do the rhinos do in Texas? Spend millions of taxpayer dollars trying to impeach and remove him for, I don't know, what they accused him of doing his friends favors and <gasps> having an affair, as if I couldn't name 10 of the Republicans in the Texas House who are currently having affairs, some of whom are having affairs with other Texas legislatures. The whole thing was disgusting, and it was an embarrassment to the entire state of Texas. I kind of think if I were advising Trump, you know what I'd tell him to tell people? If you reelect me, I'm going to do what Ken Paxton did. I'm, if you reelect yeah. me, I will do to the system what Ken that tried to do me and what Ken Paxton is doing to it right now, where he's just essentially Ken Paxton is just checking boxes of what is a what is every conservative American's dream lawsuit uh, tort list, and he's just at this point just working his way down the list. He's just Yosemite okay? Sam down there, yeah, <laughs> out of, and, and and even if it's just out of total spite, I dig it. I just, I dig yep. it. At this point, I used to care what people's motivations are. My standards are so low now. I'm just, I just, I don't care. I just, you know, just do the damn thing and we'll figure out why you're doing it later. Jill. Yeah, that should be his new Supreme Court list, really. Uh, but I'm going to go with my polls because they are a complete joke. One, the, the polls themselves are a joke. But two, the people that love them when they affirm their beliefs and hate them when they don't back up their opinions, all of the polling is the worst political theater. Preach. Aaron? That's the uh, worst political theater. Already did that. Oh, my yeah. bad. Todd, go ahead. Uh, well, I did that as well. So are we moving so on it's, to- So it's to me then. All right. I got to make sure. All right. I can't lose my, my, my major award. I got to get back on. <laughs> back on the back on. All right. So it's up to me. Uh, Tucker Carlson giveth. Tarka Carlson take it the way his slurping I'm sorry uh interview uh with Trump this year which somehow despite being the most watched event not called the Super Bowl in America this year managed to produce exactly zero moments that were memorable zero moments of viral that if you're me or Sarah Gonzalez you would take and turn around and use on your own show to discuss and and drive conversation or content how in the world arguably the two most pivotal figures in American politics would come together and produce nothing of value nothing nothing okay I, I you have I don't understand how that's even possible but they managed to accomplish it. And one of the reasons why, I mean, on one hand, Tucker wants to tell you that the jab is one of the, one, he thinks is, quote, one of the issues of the age. That's a direct quote. And then he's sitting across, you know, the other side of the camera from the guy that wrote the check for it and doesn't even bother to ask. So is it the issue of the age or is it not even worth bringing up? I, I just, that was the total antithesis of what we saw from Tucker at the leadership summit. Most underreported story of the year. Aaron, back to you. That dude that died on Obama's pond in Martha's Vineyard. That yeah, that's a, a good one. Weird story. <laughs> Something else I totally forgot about. And I was just like, yeah, that never happened. And Obama has rarely been seen in public since then, too, by the way. Yep. Barack Obama, I should say. Big Mike, he's on the <laughs> present. Uh, Sarah, yes. Uh, most underreported story for me was just the sheer amounts of voter fraud that is still taking place to this day in this country. The Heartland Institute just recently did a poll that I saw an article on Blaze Media, um, the website actually, that said that 
it was like one in five uh, votes that are cast currently are either accidentally or purposely actually fraudulent. So whether it be, you know, someone signing for someone else, someone filling out someone else's uh, ballot, um, whatever the case may be. I mean, I think one in five is a giant problem and maybe we should address it rather than screaming about Dominion voting machines. By the way, I just checked. I'm back up in front in the voting for the major award. Now I'm the only one voting, and but I've, I just checked. So that that's one way. The chain of this custody. This is what I'm talking about, Steve. The, this is what I'm talking about. Hey, if, if, if only one person rigged. votes, we know the chain of custody of that vote. Okay. I don't accept these results. I'm taking one man, one vote, literally. All right. <laughs> Jill, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field on a Monday night football game. Steve, we talked so many times about what will it take to get to the level that the American people will question what is going on. Now, people talked about Hamlin for sure, but they did not talk about what was the root cause for this. How on earth can a completely healthy NFL player just have a cardiac arrest in the middle of a football game with Mm -hmm. uh, everyone watching? And no one says, hmm, how did that happen? Good answer. Another story that feels like it was 10 years ago. You've come up with a couple of those, Jill. Uh, Todd. Well, this is where I take the lead, and I know you're going to agree with me. This obvious answer to the most underreported story of the year is clearly brothers be flipping. (laughs) (laughs) Touchdown. There are so many things I could say about that, and all of them would probably be fireable offenses. So off the air, I'll, I'll tell you guys everything. Okay. Um, my most underreported story of the year, the Bureau of Labor Statistics data that proves the toxic dangers known as the COVID vaccines uh, by showing the rate of worker disability claims has risen sharply with Biden's wicked, evil, and immoral poison poke mandate. In fact, the latest data shows we have had an unprecedented, going back over a decade of data, an unprecedented rise of 2.8 million disability claims since the spring of 2021 in the labor force. 2.8 million. There is no there is no charted increase like this anywhere to be found in the history of this stat. This is official federal government data that incontrovertibly proves the toxicity of these jabs. And yet, outside of a few places like here at The Blaze, um, this has been completely ignored. But to me, that, that, that is the kind of story that ought to be causing tribunals and heads swinging from trees. After a fair trial, of course. I think we all agree, of course. Of course. Of course. Don't look at Todd. Everybody else agrees? Of course. Of course. Yes, of course. Of course. All right. We'll come back. And when we do, we'll kick it off with the most overreported story of the year and get through as many of these as we can on this special two-hour year-end day group next. All right, let's keep it rolling here on the special two-hour year-end dace group. 
We went underreported story of the year at the end of the last segment. Sarah Gonzalez, I'll start with you. Most overreported story of 2023, according to you. Uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey and the fact that they're dating. I don't care. Uh, I don't care who Taylor Swift is dating. I don't care who Travis Kelsey is dating. I don't understand why America is so fascinated with it, except I am now also fascinated with Jill's conspiracy theory about why they're together. Yes, so. I'm fascinated by that chain of events, too. But that's not the reason. But that's not the reason that like mainstream Americans are somehow fascinated with Taylor Swift's love life. I, I don't I don't get it. Other than the fact that it's the basis for most of our number one songs. But I, I hear you. Yes. Aaron. The House Speaker fight, both of them. I, why? I, that was kind of a waste of everybody's time. Now, uh, reserve judgment. Maybe, maybe the House will stand strong and get some actual real border security in exchange for Ukraine funding. But good grief. What, what, what was all of this about at the end of the day? A lot of clicks. Yeah. Jill. Uh, the same as Sarah, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. It is the most overreported story. I'm a Swifty and it's too much for me. So I can't imagine what everybody else out there is feeling like. Even the Swifty is like, this is insufferable. <laughs> yes, Todd. Same as the ladies, Taylor Swift. It's obvious. Um, all right. This is the only other time I'm going to do this on this show. Okay. I guess I should not be surprised. Given how often someone from the state of Iowa produces a movie that gets wide theatrical release. But somehow the news of my nefarious movies release was completely lost on all of the local media in the state of Iowa. We even had the governor of Iowa come to an Iowa-based red carpet premiere and they all still completely ignored it. But again, I get it. I get it. It's a, it happens constantly in the state of Iowa. Uh, Iowans produce major motion pictures all the time. So it is kind of old hat and an overreported story, and I'm not bitter at all that it was ignored. Nope, I'm not. I'm not bitter whatsoever. There was more chatter locally about, and and cheers for this as well. I'm not trying to depress you, Steve. More cheers and chatter about your life-threatening MRSA than there were about Nefarious. You're right. You're not trying to depress me at all. Thank you. And I'll go right back to you, Aaron, for biggest government waste. Anthony Fauci's security detail. The dude, I mean, maybe this is a hate yeah, the game, not the player. Yeah, he's under some other kind of protection right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe uh, I hate the game, not the player, but this dude has managed to just play for, in, in like demonic terms, play the last three or four years just perfectly, and uh, it's a waste. Everything, his existence uh, as, a, as an entity is a, is a waste. When you are... A man, an emissary of the prince of the power of the air. You don't need no stinking security detail. No, you tiptoe no. through the raindrops, yeah. brother. Todd. This is the corollary to Jill's winner of the year. It's Ukraine. That's my answer to everything Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Jill. Uh, I went off the beaten path here. I went KJP's salary. Whatever they pay her, it's too much. <laughs> I thought about that too. <laughs> uh, the human reading rainbow. Yes, I hear you. <laughs> Sarah, go ahead. Uh, mine was the millions upon millions of dollars that we're spending on the FBI to, you know, raid Mar-a-Lago, politically persecute uh, the regime's political opponents and uh, literally drop child predator cases so that they can go down to the border and pass out hot lunches to the illegals. In fairness, if you are attempting to destroy this country, that's that's excellent money spent. But I, I, I hear where you're coming Fair. from. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to you then for best government money spent, Sarah. Uh, there is no such thing. And I'd like to take this time to remind everyone that taxation is theft. Thank you. 
Uh, here, here. Seconded. Todd. This is one of my favorites. I think it's a great public service. San Francisco poop maps. You know, you want to know <laughs> where you can go without getting a bunch of crap on your feet. I think that that's solid. Nice job, San Francisco. Thumbs up. I got to tell you, the two best moments in a debate this year, this would be quite an interesting competition. Vivek holding up, these are my notes, Nikki equals corruption, okay? <laughs> or when, when DeSantis held up the poop map of San Francisco right to Gavin Newsom's face. I mean, those both are solid freaking gold, man. That's like arguing between Beat It and Billie Jean. You know, what, what was the best, what's Thriller's best song? I mean, I don't know if there's a wrong answer on either one of those. I mean, those are both Grammys, okay? You know, I mean, both of those. But the poop map, yeah, I, that, that, was, that was good. That was really good. Um, best government money spent, Jill. Uh, Joe Biden's drugs. Because without them, we wouldn't even have the small percentage of the man that we have right now. So at least for an hour, he can speak, even though he's all hopped up on drugs. But you know what? If, if we have to put a lid on it by 11 a.m. the next day to have him recover, we, it's, we still get that president for one good hour. Joe Biden's drugs are the winner. I'm not on any drugs. And uh, I mean, the American, American people, I think that the president is working hard. Take his job very ser- ser- seriously. That's what he sounded. That's what he. Them? That's what he sounded like talking about Israel this week, like that. Like I understood like every fourth word. So we're gonna start lacing that Adderall with fentanyl or something because it's <laughs> clearly we've reached the point of immune. All right, you're gonna have to boost that. All right, uh, Aaron. You remember that story that came out about those senior Pentagon officials who halted UFO research because they were concerned it was demonic? I'm going to say those guys. Nice. I'm going to say best government money spent, going back to something Todd said last hour, it is the money Democrats spent creating the Kobayashi Maru with via lawfare, where they just took complete control of the Republican primary. Now, who knows? If we didn't have this lawfare, there could have we could have had the very first debate. Donald Trump could have came out like you know King frickin' Kong and 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 sent uh, Junior back home to Florida to say, "Hey, wait," to literally say, "Wait your turn," and would have earned it. We don't know. We'll never know because we didn't have an actual primary process. They took total control of the entire environment. I mean, I think that's the best government money spent for sure. They took they took a billionaire. They they are he on one hand he's now threatened in New York. They're trying to take his personal fortune away from him. So now he doesn't have the money to fund his own legal defense. So his campaign has to become a legal defense, which means if we make him the nominee, the campaign will be a legal defense. But there's no other way to not make it a legal defense because if we don't do that, the guy we nominate is going to go to prison. Just they took freaking total control of the process. You know, sometimes you give the devil his due. I mean, that's the, in my opinion, that's, that's the most, it's, it's, it's wicked, but it's the best government money spent that I saw this year. Boldest political tactic. This seems quaint after what he pulled this week. I'll start. But Hunter Biden saying that he was willing to testify in public before a Republican majority House Oversight Committee just goes to prove that, yes, indeed, cocaine still is a hell of a drug. Yes. Aaron. <laughs> Uh, Running a side hustle where you and your husband act out sexual kink requests for live viewers online, Susanna Gibson. I'm not saying that's the best political tactic. I'm just saying that's pretty bold. And uh, too bad it didn't work out for you. My favorite, though, is when the New York Times claimed that her private life was exposed, even though she was exposing her private life. And that's how we knew about (laughs) it. Yes, Sarah. 
Uh, boldest political tactic, Gavin Newsom, uh, not just in the debate with Ron DeSantis, but overall just lying, just flat out lying about statistics surrounding his state, about things that he did, about the homelessness crisis, uh, about all of these things. He just lies. And honestly, I... I'm not even sure it may be compelling enough that some people might be dumb enough to believe him. I just it, I mean, it, trust me, it's like demonic, but I think it's effective in some cases. It's just like, no, you can't you can't get me on that. I'm just going to lie and say that it's not true. Mm -hmm. Todd, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds endorsement of Ron DeSantis, as, especially as early as she did. It broke precedent. Uh, it certainly probably is going to affect her relationship with some donors. Um, but she continues to show she's willing to step into the breach for what's right. Jill. Uh, John Fetterman going on The View, saying things that conservatives agree with. I don't know why he did it, but hey, we are all here for it. Our colleague Daniel Horowitz has a theory with Fetterman that recovering from some form of a brain injury, that there is almost like a childlike innocence there kind of restored in a way that he just that there's more you, see what I, you know what i mean like a clarity you know like he's mm -hmm. his brain's not as clouded like he got a reboot basically you know um worst political scandal this year jill i'll go right back to you uh ukraine i mean come on when we look at this it's it's by far the worst and when we get the video of lindsey graham coming out uh in 2016 saying that it would happen. This would be the year of offense for Ukraine versus Russia. Uh, that is, that is, it's just by far the worst political scandal that we could possibly imagine. Indeed, Sarah. I'm going to refer back to one of my earlier answers. I think it's the hundreds upon hundreds of people who are in prison for what has clearly been a government setup on January 6th. We see more tapes that are coming out. We see the work that Steve Baker, our very own Steve Baker, has done uh, showing proof that some of the Capitol officers have committed perjury on the stand. And we have seen the weaponization of government against, again, Steve Baker, an independent journalist who is now being told that he has to surrender himself to the FBI yeah. for documenting as a journalist the events that happened that day. It is just, I, I cannot think of a more brazen case of uh, the weaponization of government against its own people uh, other than January 6th. The Baker story certainly adds even more context to what you just said. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's that's a good call. I'm, I'm going to go, since I figured that was going to be an answer of at least one, if not several of you, I decided, I tried to come up with something else. And and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with how every aspect of the Israeli government failed to see the 9-11 that was just pulled off there on October 7th. Now, to me, this is a separate story from do what you need to do against the enemy, okay? But when this is done, there needs to be a serious reckoning. Um, I mean, th this is not the same as us, you know, not seeing a 9-11. I mean, the day that Israel was declared a nation on May 15, 1948, five Arab nations declared war on Israel right away. This has been its constant state. You see what I'm trying to say? They're, mm -hmm. they're, the idea that they, they, they've never been benefited, like, well, we've got two oceans protecting us, or we're the world's largest superpower. They've never had any benefit in the history of, of the modern history of the nation of Israel. That has never been. They're right. If you've ever looked at the map, they're in New Hampshire, right in the middle of about of a bunch of countries that hate them. So there's never a moment for them to not just have complete and total vigilance. And to be blindsided by this, absolutely, in my view, does require when this op necessary operation is completed, there needs to be another one. How the hell did that happen? Because it can't possibly happen again. Aaron. 
Worst political scandal, and it's not really so much of a surprise, it's the House GOP. It's not that they didn't accomplish anything, it's that they really didn't stop anything of note. The alphabet agencies are still funded. We had a couple of House Speaker fights. What did that do? I don't know. Neither do they. The House GOP not really stopping anything. What House majority? Todd? At least some people think what Aaron, you just said, and Sarah said are are scandals. I, I think it's the polls. Relative to people what understand, they're a gigantic psyop. They're a, they're, from a business perspective, they're perpetuating fraud. They are, they are intended to uh, alter uh, the course of elections and um, you know, manipulate American people, and they come out on a daily basis. You don't think CNN will run a poll next year showing Donald Trump winning Michigan by 10 points? You seem dubious of that. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> uh, best idea. Todd, I'll go back to you. What was the best idea? Uh, Millstones. (laughs) (laughs) Should be one in every stocking. Yes. I'll do what I can, kids. (laughs) Oh, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Making America Florida and nominating Ron DeSantis, that seems like a pretty good idea to me. There are a lot of pitfalls we could avoid uh, by doing this type of thing. There are a lot of things that we could accomplish for the positive if we did something like this. That's, to me, the best idea. Jill, best idea. Uh, Steve has already mentioned it, but it's Blaze ditching the ads. Al Gore came out and said that not listening to the mainstream media is dangerous I'm all for it. Sign me up. More of that, please. More of, of Blaze and the like ditching the ads, and mainstream media in general. Yeah, I didn't know that Al Gore had said that. No, I'm not, I, that's a John Michael Montgomery sold. Uh, I, mean, you, you, I was already buying, but now I'm buying more. All right. Uh, my best idea, I thought the, the Newsom-DeSantis debate gave us a rare opportunity uh, to see both sides of the culture war represented by people with full motor function. We don't get that a lot. Uh, and, uh, and knowledge of the issues and a willingness to genuinely symbolize what each of their sides represents. And... The starkness there of seeing Gavin Newsom have no answer either for whatever he was challenged with by the governor or, I mean, Sean Hannity didn't even ask questions. He just cited official government data and said reaction and just Newsom completely fell apart when forced to confront objective data. Wow. Sarah. Uh, my best idea, my first best idea is, uh, the movie nefarious. My second best idea is more nefarious. Oh, thank you very much. Worst idea. I don't know. We've already had, uh, my wife got an infection. Other people got sick. Maybe the worst idea is we're doing more nefarious, I guess, but we'll see. (laughs) Todd, worst idea. This is a real argument that was passionately made against me. Uh, gay dad surrogacy is the real conservatism. Aaron. Worst idea, not having any idea about how to handle or what to do with Trump's 91 felony indictments if, if he is the Republican nominee. Not having any idea or any plan is a bad idea. By the way, since you brought that up, props to Charlie Kirk, okay? I like Charlie a lot. Very smart. But he's obviously adamantly pro-Trump. But he brought that up on his show this week. And he said, hey, we have got to have a serious conversation about this. We have to have some form of strategy. So props to him for doing that. Jill. Uh, Bud Light became untouchable. And then the GOP said, hey, let's bring it back. Great idea, guys. We won. We won. 
just let it go. Just just let us win one thing. Us. Please. Nobody needs Bud Light. We've all moved on. It was over. <laughs> the GOP has gone from surrendering now before it's too late to giving back trophies of the games they already won. Sarah, worst idea. Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, you guys were talking, I think it was Aaron earlier who mentioned the movie Home Alone and, you know, we're comparing the the prices that it costs at the grocery store to get food. We're talking about, you know, massive inflation. We're talking about you go to the fill up your gas tank and you're like, how the hell did I just spend this amount of money? And at that same time, the Biden regime decides to encapsulate all of that by calling it Bidenomics. I don't get it. That's a great point. I, you know, I like my answer, but after listening to Jill, I just, I have to give my, I just, yes, I, I, I agree with what Jill said, because she also encapsulated about 17 years of shows I have done there in, in one 90 second rant. All right. We are out of time, yet we are not through the list. So we are going to stick around. I guess we'll find out if the ladies are going to join us or not. They don't have to, but you and I'm uh, in. you guys are. Jill, are you sticking around? Yeah. Okay. All right. We've got a few more categories to finish, which we will do exclusively for our subscribers at blazetv.com slash day. So make sure you don't miss it. All right. Make sure you don't miss it because some of the biggest categories are still to come. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow with part two of our year-end special. Until then, John 317.